Namaste. My sincere greetings and pranam to this wonderful family. So, um, it's a privilege and a joy to speak to such a wonderful uh, audience, which is no audience actually, but a group of, uh, you know, those who have so beautifully opened to Mother and Shurabindo. So, it's a great delight and I'm grateful for this wonderful privilege to speak tonight for tomorrow's birthday of the Lord, commemorating the 150th birthday which starts from tomorrow. So, there are a number of statements which the mother has revealed to us because we don't have the eyes to see until the eyes of the soul are open, the eye of faith or the eye, the inner vision. We start with this wonderful uh, revelation that the mother writes in a diary. When she saw Shurabindo for the first time and she says, it matters not if thousands of beings, people are plunged in the densest ignorance. He whom we saw yesterday, he is here upon earth. And his presence is enough to prove that a day will come when all this earth will grow into its, you know, will recover its own radiance. So, uh, who was he whom she had seen yesterday on earth? That was, uh, of course, Sri Krishna of her visions. And several times he has remarked that and Shurabindu himself has said that it is the work of Sri Krishna that he carries on further. Meaning thereby right from there itself that um, it's a kind of declaration of uh, Shurabindu's divinity in the line of continuation of the great avatars. Shurabindu confirmed it in his own way. Uh, never the way immodest people speak. He is a thorough gentleman. But when asked about his avatarhood, he kept, he nodded in assent. And another very interesting statement the mother made <laughs> with regard to this is um, very simply that when someone asked about the avatars, the series of avatars, the mother said, Shurabindo is the, uh, I have always known that Shurabindo is the last avatar. Then she added in the human body. Then we shall see later. So meaning thereby the lineage of avatars which came to execute or effectuate a change upon earth and uh, in matter itself. So that has been, um, that is reaching a kind of grand culmination with Sri Aurobindo. So uh, when she says that he is the last avatar in a human body, meaning thereby the role of the avatars sequentially coming with the form this <laughs> earthly form, material form, that comes to a grand culmination with the coming of Shirobindo. And there is something else which is going to come. And that we know that the mother declared that he will come again in the first supramental body formed in the supramental way. That means that it's no more like birth followed by um, you know, Shirobindo uh, once again taking up the sadhana and arriving at the supramental realization. All that he has already <laughs> done, achieved, perfected and left it for man to walk the path. What it means, however, is that uh, there is a hint in this that as we proceed in this yoga, a time will come when we are inwardly ready for the new body because the inner consciousness has undergone sufficient change. Now, when the inner consciousness undergoes a sufficient change, this material body cannot hold it. So, there is a transition from this earthly habitat to another dimension of consciousness, the subtle physical, where Shurabindo continues to dwell and uh, both Shurabindo and the mother in their supramental bodies and they are continuing the action which one can see. It's a cosmic action, individual action, <laughs> guidance. Everything is carrying on just as before. But those who have developed sufficiently within a human body, the amount of progress that is possible within a human body, they wait now and the human body itself, the general human body is progressing towards a greater and greater subtilization. And that one can see is happening. The appetite has come down markedly, the height has changed, the um, Olympics are a recent example that um, what, you know, record breaking in Olympic is not just an event. It's an indication that what one could not do earlier, um, the the body's possibilities, they are really being augmented. So, there are new possibilities which are coming up on earth and when the body, human body is sufficiently subtilized, then those who are ready, who in consciousness are ready, will start 
um, transmuting it a last final transmutation and take over it what is called as a switching over that's the process which mother and shubhendra have described so all this work is going on behind the scene and a third message which he gave was very beautiful shubhendra is the future moving towards its own realization so all avatars in a way are beings of the future so they are of course divine descent but divine descent can mean uh, very vaguely that uh, god takes a human body but well god takes a human body right from the time that creation has begun but the avatars are god taking a human body or a animal body but with a eye on where it should move toward the future so when the mother would often recount the mantra om namo bhagavate she once explained that when i say om namo bhagavate and now bhagavate is for the divine i am invoking the divine of tomorrow this is something very beautiful something which we have lost in uh, uh, you know a very static kind of understanding of the divine where there is god and there is the world and there is a leela going on uh, why this leela is there some people explain by the law of karma and maya and all kinds of things just a play but basically this leela is of a progressive nature so what should be the brings this thought which is there in the ancient indian thought but it has never been brought to the forefront especially in the later on uh, maybe 1000 years period where we made god just a mute witness of this worldly play intervening from time to time when there is a crisis but that's it the earthly play unfolds because of the law of karma or the process of nature or whatever else but here shubindu brings in the idea of a progressive manifestation so creation is a progressive manifestation and nature is only an executive forefront which is helping in the manifestation of what is hidden behind within nature so nature is like a you know as we can use the word this nature that we experience like the dark mother in a womb is hidden that child of the new creation so diti out of the womb of diti there is born the children of aditi so that's how the whole game plan goes so there is within the womb of darkness the possibility of new creation and as earth gets ready and the labor pains now the children are born now when they are born out of diti they are first uh, children of division all of us we start with that but through conversion through yoga we change into children of aditi the undivided unified consciousness so this in essence is the process of yoga but what he is bringing now is that in the great unfolding there is something which has never happened till now so that's why he says is the future moving towards its own realization so shubindu is neither bringing a teaching or a creed or a you know another cult which is uh, you know a teaching which is like another line of vedanta another way of realizing god all that is okay that's a way of looking at it but what shubindu brings is something which has never been before he is the future moving towards its own realization it has still not happened in terms of a tangible visible reality and yet it is there which is moving towards in realization with regard to the tangible visible reality because sometimes people ask that where is the supramental world a lot mother has spoken about it that only like can understand like but we can understand it very simply that when we sow a seed in earth there are several stages we prepare the soil then we sow the seed and then we have to water it then we have to wait for the right season for the whole plant to emerge and eventually to flower and bloom into various fruits so what they have done is what is mentioned in savitri as a branch of heaven transplant to human soil just like in the story of krishna we see krishna bringing parijat from the heavens and transplanting on human soil so they have planted upon earth a new aspiration this is the seed so what is this new aspiration this new aspiration which we find very interestingly which uh, is um, growing from house to house is uh, terrestrial perfection this cry for terrestrial perfection uh, 100 years back perhaps the only possibility that people saw was moksha so either this world we have to accept it just as it is a play of maya of ignorance of some dark power uh, and the best we can do is to come out of this world or we can try to make it a little better based on our own uh, you know some religious understanding or a secular understanding a moral perfection and ethical perfection but we know that all this is very very incomplete and they do not um, they cannot resolve the uh, human dilemma and above all the cry of the human heart that this world should become perfect it's not just about one human being escaping from the world this world why has it been created if moksha is the last word Uh, in the dictionary of god or in the dictionary of creation so shobindo brings a new possibility 
there's not just about accepting things as they are and try to make a little better to the extent that we can it is not about running away and escaping from the world but to make this life perfect perfect with what with the divine perfection so again we see in yoga talk about perfection but this perfection is within which we can arrive at by shedding all our outer trappings but here shubhendra speaks of bringing that divine perfection right into matter into the material body into the outermost consciousness of man evidently it's a stupendous task one can understand that it's one thing to you know the traditional vedanta i look at it like you understand that there is a principle of electricity in the um, atmosphere or you stand on mount everest and say that look there is sun well there is sun no doubt about it but it's quite another to tap that electricity which is potentially present in the clouds and to light up every house with that electrical current it's quite another to tap that energy of the sun and have solar panels and light up the houses with the solar panels and have a completely sunlit house sunlit future if you like so in a similar way though basically it's the future which they have planted like a seed but we have to become ready because if we are not ready and that process of becoming ready applies at every level the mind has to be ready vast enough supple enough to comprehend that light right now our mind is cabined into small ideas narrow uh, you know whatever we read from a particular scripture whatever understanding is given to us of life the people who often say that this is what i think about life now i often ask what do you think about life what do you even observe what do you even know one of the first fundamental things we uh, which is the beginning of knowledge is a tremendous humility that we really don't know so then the whole process start the mind has to become vast and supple plastic enough so if we have very fixed ideas very narrow dogmatic beliefs about uh, what the super mind is what the new creation will be will uh, we are likely to miss the whole point it's god's play and the go- and the divine is beyond all our human comprehension this is the first thing that's why is the divine if he could be understood by the mind in its present state then he would not be the divine this is the paradox so the mind has to open up and open to the to that light that truth which is far beyond any human comprehension and allow it to act and lay down the channels in the brain like the solar panels because the brain is the seat of consciousness and the first uh, Uh, most likely and that's what the mother says though it can work in any of the centers but the first area which is going to receive it will be the higher mind of man and the brain because brain is the seat of consciousness that's why when we think too much we say that you know brain has got heated up <laughs> or or when we read your mother's books too much sometimes we say we are feeling very sleepy but this is the organ which receives the seat of consciousness whereas the seat of the divine presence is in the heart so these are the two places through which it comes very easily now if the brain is involved with too much of crudeness too much of gross stuff then naturally it is not open to the light so to prepare this brain to receive the light we read mother and shurbindo we practice in our quietude and through all this the brain <laughs> opens up it receives the light and because it is supple it can transmit it unhindered what is meant by suppleness here is not to fix shurbindo's teaching into another dogma that thus said shurbindo thus said the mother and therefore you know the next step is that whatever my understanding of thus speak they uh, we reduce it to a to a fixed formula the supple mind is read understand that the divine disclosure divine revelation at each moment is different in different individuals even in the same individual depending on the stage of evolution it begins to change so that suppleness is required by the mind to carry on this journey same way when this light enters the throat the speech area the expressive area it means that new creative forms are going to emerge into the play of the new creation so we have to again remain open if we remain stuck to the traditional ways now that's something very interesting we see you know we heard sunil das music 1972 before we started now what is sunil das music try to categorize it into this raga that raga indian western european it doesn't fit into any of that mother's music of course it neither fits into eastern nor western art forms dance forms medical the way we deal with uh, under our understanding of health healing everything is going to undergo a change society relationships marriage um, uh, institutions like uh, educational institution everything is going to change because the expression of the divine 
divine is wanting new instruments and new forms to be able to receive so institutions have to become very wide and supple they cannot just remain the way they were in the past so this is a new event which is taking place something of the future it is just beginning to emerge the heart itself a generation before the heart was maximum it could widen was me and my family and we have people you know who have albums of you know uh, me my bua ji my pupa ji my mosa ji and god knows all that's it but nowadays you know we see suddenly children showing in album oh, i had been to this place this my friend who is in australia this is the little dog puppy with whom i played it's so strange one can see that the widening has taken place to a point where it's no more confined to sometimes they don't recognize the relative but they know their friends which is in a way very wonderful because you know uh, it it shows that the heart is widening beyond the limits this wideness this plasticity that who is mine is not simply because he uh, you know follows the same customs same language same tradition same geographical space but who is mine at some point we have to realize this whole earth belongs to the divine and we share a commonality of aspiration that is something very beautiful all who shobindo's words um uh, mother's words and later on pranab das said something very similar that all of us must who have a common ideal aspiration must unite in an uplifting ideal this was the idea of sangam now we see to, today like many of us uh, don't know each other at least i don't know physically though i know many of <laughs> um it's like a family when you come from chennai and other places and we meet it's so wonderful but look at it we all come from different places but we feel united what is that common point of union that common point of union is openness to the mother the aspiration and one can see that it marks a different type of humanity which is already destined for the future why because it is not satisfied by the way of life as it exists today that's what the mother said way back in 1912 she says who are the candidates for the new humanity she says despite everything being there not because they cannot achieve anything or because they don't uh, you know uh, life has not been very kind to them but despite everything they know the inadequacy of the human formula the limits of the human consciousness and therefore they want something new something beautiful something which can be nearer to the real idea to the nearer to the ideal with which we are born nearer to the divine a divine image of this earth that's what should be the brings to earth so he is the future advancing towards its own realization it's there and yet it will blossom like a seed which is already planted and it has to blossom then the third thing she says very interesting what should bindo represents in the earth spiritual history is not a teaching not even a revelation but a mighty action straight from the supreme now teaching is something which is given to the mind and we have various kinds of teaching teaching is like a guidance about how i should lead my life it's like a rough guide guidance so that they are in teaching do this don't do this lead a life like that so the problem with teachings is it's all right to lead our life in a certain way but doesn't change the human being from within so that has been the problem of all the teachings over a period of time they become very fixed dogmas because now you know when uh, moses gives a law christ overrules it buddha gives a law shri krishna gives something which is more in consonant with the spirit of the evolving spirit of the time and it becomes very difficult for a teaching to unless it is refreshed by new uh, revelations from those who are going to come in future a teaching tends to become dated and crusted so the beauty of indian thought is that we have beyond teaching revelations so each time let us say that there is a understanding of vedanta as was revealed by the past sages now when shri shri ramakrishna swami vivekananda or shri raman maharishi they give their understanding of the vedanta because they have realized something they give their revelation that takes supersedence because they are the ones who have realized it and they are giving new revelations maybe even new ways for for instance um, you know the way of gyan yoga but raman maharishi says that divine presence is in the heart this is something very beautiful not that it's not there it's there in the gita so there are always new and fresh revelations which go beyond the teaching so every teaching is superseded by new revelations and in the night light of this new revelations new teachings emerge so this is the second aspect so but she says it's not even a revelation revelation is there there is a new revelation 
There is a way of guidance in life. So it, there is a teaching and revelation. But it's not just that. What is it? She says it's a mighty action direct from the Supreme. So what it means is that it's not that they came, came to give a teaching or a revelation and now we have to follow. We have to practice it. But the whole goal of the yoga, the realization of tomorrow, it is they who are going to achieve it. It's a mighty action. So meaning thereby they have not only foreseen, will, prepared, struggled, achieved all for us. That's how the mother has put it on the samadhi. That Shobindu has achieved everything. One can even speak the same thing about the mother. And now we have to take advantage of that in the sense that we have to open to this truth that they have established upon earth in terms of their own realization. And the more we open, the more we move along those lines. So it's not that we have to do something. That thing has been done. We have to open and realize it in our own lives. And the classical example is the Bhagavad Gita, where Sri Krishna says that I have killed them all. But does it mean that the war ended with the Gita? No, the war didn't end with the Gita. The war began with this revelation of the Gita. And then it took 18 days to at least... Um, just that aspect of Sri Krishna's great vision of the destruction of a mass of arrogant uh, mankind, uh, mighty mankind, but very arrogant, that had to be destroyed. But Sri Krishna's work actually starts from there. His work to, you know, create an Akhand Bharat and then, you know, uh, that has to move, develop, progress along a certain line. Sri Krishna's work started from there. So if you really look at Shurabindo's um, uh, work, he has implanted a seed, the real idea, the new divine idea, um, the supramental consciousness, and now it is going to take, um, you know, spread into many branches, twigs, uh, uh, flowers, and fruits and leaves. So that's how the whole tree of new creation is going to develop. This is the third aspect, he said. So he is the one who is going to achieve it, has achieved it, and we have to join with that and move on. So whether Arjuna liked it or not, the war was over. Yet, one has to join into that and flow with that uh, new evolutionary current that has been released upon earth. So that is the way of yoga through which we flow towards that realization, move towards that realization. The fourth thing she says very categorically, which also applies to her. She says that, you know, though Shurabindu is withdrawn from the physical body, he is concretely present and he has assured us that his health will be there. He will be present not just as a consciousness, but as a dynamic presence to lead this earth towards the future which he has prepared. So we are not only told, we are assured there is a promise involved in it. And when in 1972, uh, centenary of Sri or perhaps 71, I think it was 72, when the disciple asked, yes, 72, when he asked the mother, that mother, how is Sri action now? So mother said, what do you mean now? No, since he has withdrawn. She says it has become much more powerful. Why? Because body is a limitation. When the avatar takes a human body, actually he enters into a field of limitations to work upon it. But when he withdraws from the body, his action is like a massive explosion. It's like a thousand suns were compressed. With the, it's, it, this action is absolutely similar to the action of any creation. How did creation begin? They say that it was from the Big Bang. What is Big Bang? Before that, there is intense energy concentrated into a point. That is what is the tapa of the Supreme. Now, what happens? Similarly, what Shurabindo and the mother have done is they have brought in this new consciousness and packed it initially into the, their very cells. And then through contamination into those who came in contact with them and those who are open to them. And then when they withdrew from the physical scene, those thousand million suns have exploded. That's why all over the world now we can see that there is a new change which is uh, beginning to uh, take shape. At least it's taking the form of aspiration. All new change begins with aspiration, even imagination, dreams. That's why often the mother and Shubindu speak of dreams. Now, if we read the Upanishad, we see that Brahman is fourfold. So one is that beyond about which we cannot say. Then there is that pragya, that superconscious stage from which it enters into Hiranyagarbha, the Swapna stage, the Taijasa in which the dreams are picked up from the transcendent into the cosmic field. And from the cosmic field, they are manifested upon earth. So in even in an individual, the same thing happens. That suddenly there is a new dream which begins to stir in mankind. The possibility of a 
spiritualization the possibility of a new earth the possibility of a new creation subsequently you see many movements have picked up this word divine life is a term which has been picked up new earth and a new heaven this is a term which has been picked up transformation is a term which has been picked up and if we go back to the origin it is shurbindo integral yoga is a term which has been picked up even it was being patented so basically a new thought has begun to stir mankind it is sometimes taking the form of a collective aspiration uh, or it is taking the form of a even imagination in movies it is declaring itself in the live divine shubindra says that it will uh, declare itself through imagination there was a movie called cocoon which speaks about a new body which is luminous of course the director of the film had come to oroville and was exposed to shubindra's teaching but he put it into imagination look at the movie avatar look at the movie harry potter series it is something which is entering into the imagination of the race so imagination of the race the dreams of the race the aspiration they are all caught up by that so what shurvind means to us what is his importance his importance is that he has brought the future to our doorsteps and what we have to do now is to open the door and receive that you see we should not be like what happens in america when there are drone deliveries of amazon So what happens is that uh, unlike in India, where the cost is paid on delivery, is that right? Yeah, and you can return the product. So they make sure that you open the door and it's handed over. There is OTP and all these things. Very good system. Whereas when they are delivered to the door, thieves come and take it away. So you have to keep on doing claims. So new creation is at our doors, but the method that is being followed is the Indian method. the divine is not just leaving at the door and saying i am vanishing he is knocking at our door and sometimes his way of knock is terrible to the ears you know when we are sleeping in very deep sleep and somebody wakes us up what happens that's why he says in one of the aphorism um, there is a truth when it is spoken that god has that attahas like uh, aristophanes and then he says that what is himalaya but the attahas of lord shiva piled up in snow so that is the way we can look at you know piled up in snow the attahasda the laughter of the god so sometimes when we are caught sleeping unawares so he first he says knock knock who are you i am divine prove it to me do you have an identity card no sir i walk without identity anywhere me and narada i have that special this thing no 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 you first you didn't send us the otp i sent you the otp is only say ma and the door will open no no sir how are we to believe then what he does he doesn't say ki okay it's your parcel your baby pick it up he knocks couple of times and we don't he smashes that's what we see what's happening in the earth today as the mother said the future of the earth depends on a change of consciousness and the change is bound to come so mother then what do we do so she says you have a choice what is the choice but it is left to men to decide whether they will collaborate with the change or the change is thrust upon them by the power of crashing circumstances so what is collaborating with the change the entire yoga is about collaborating with the change open oneself to the mother collaborating with the change just calling mother's name collaborating with the change obeying what mother and shurbindo have said obedience collaborating with the change seeking to fulfill divine will rather than our own self will is collaborating with the change learning to endure with faith is collaborating with the change developing sincerity that means one pointedness towards the great goal is collaborating with the change perseverance collaborating with the change all that entire things which we find in sri aurobindo's symbol which means courage aspiration sincerity goodwill when we have goodwill towards all it's collaborating with the change opening to the mother collaborating reading mother and sri aurobindo's books collaborating for the change making the mind vast and supple by whatever means collaborating with the change seeking to find the divine within collaborating with the change but most importantly mother made it very simple when she was asked that between man and superman there will be many stages she said yes, yes there will be many intermediate species just like between ape and man there were nine subspecies she says oh mother how are we going to recognize everybody wants to know who is the superman so mother says whoever is trying to master one's nature is an apprentice superman what a wonderful thing she said there are two kinds of human beings one who say this is my nature i can't help it i am the way i am 
This is me. Some people even take great pride. This is me. I am defined by my thoughts. This is the western thought. I think therefore I am. But in Indian thought is no. Thoughts can change. Feelings can change. Will can change. Body can change. How does this change begin? Change within the very motive of existence. The will for which we live. And that motive if it is to serve the divine, to know the divine, to belong to the divine, then the rest begins to follow suit. So this is the change that she has brought upon earth. And he, if we collaborate with the change, so wonderful. Through conscious aspiration is to collaborate with the change. Rejection of all that comes in the way is to collaborate with the change. Offering whatever we are doing to the mother, but not a, uh, like, you know, as he said, surrender can be very tamasic. Oh, mother, I am eating, I give it to you. After that, we are, you know, forgotten everything. Oh, mother, I am going out of the house, I am offering it to you. Implicit is, please safeguard my house, do this, that, hundred checks less. That's not uh, really offering, but we can do that. Mechanical offering has its own place. But the true offering is when it is done with a conscious aspiration. What is that conspira- uh, conscious aspiration? Mother, I am offering this food to you, but, and that's where the aspiration come, comes in. Or and, or whatever we want to put it, as it is given in the ashram uh, dining room. May this food enter us and create in us the conditions and the health needed for doing the yoga. Now, when we add the conscious aspiration, there's no more tamasic surrender. Because with that aspiration, food becomes prashadam. So, it's not just food which is offered mechanically, but there is a conscious aspiration. Marriage, turn it into a conscious aspiration. Not just that we'll enjoy and from tomorrow we'll have a huge house and we'll have a wonderful life. That's not uh, okay, but I have offered my marriage to God. Conscious aspiration. May our togetherness become beautiful, celestial, heavenly, divine. May it be full of harmony, sweetness, light. May there be no quarrels. Simple things. So difficult. So when we add a conscious aspiration, then that offering becomes something very beautiful because it adds that fire. When we are going out for a work, not just I've offered this work and deep behind now you make sure I get success in it. That's not offering. The true offering is that, Ma, I am going for this work. Let it be your work. You do it. You execute it. You speak. You be the hands. You be the instruments. You be the person who is uh, receiving the whatever uh, is going to the work. You are the giver and you are the receiver. And completely leave the results in our hands. So then what happens? Will we get success? We don't know about that, but we'll surely get delight. You see, divine has these wonderful wages. He pays us the wages of delight through all the work, success and everything at the end. What we are wanting? Oh, I will sit in joy. Now when we do work this way as an offering, we get instant delight. We don't even have to wait for the results of the work. They are anyways in the hands of the divine. What else he gives us when we do work like this? The knowledge, the true knowledge. He reveals to us the play of forces. He reveals to us our inner states, our motives, our hidden intents, which we had carefully covered. Like when people go to, you know, uh, I have this Air Force background, so we used to take the test in uh, psychological testing. So sometimes we, you know, we're supposed to ask, why do you want to join the services, the armed forces? So very often people will say, oh, I want to serve the country and all. Really somebody will say, I want to earn a decent uh, livelihood, but also where there is name. Uh, honorable livelihood which is honest answer most people actually join for that it's rarely that somebody says that you know I I really means Uh, so there are hidden intents which are behind which we are ourselves not aware but when we go through life these hidden intents get uncovered and then we begin to see with open eyes knowledge develops and we see how he helped us through failure as Shubindu said oh misfortune blessed art thou for through thee I have seen the face of my beloved and we also discover what success truly means. Success is not meant to, you know, just aggrandize our ego. But it's just an instrument so that I can serve the divine better. So a whole new knowledge begins to pour in, into our ken, when we begin to work like this. So it brings us delight and then our will begins to get united with the divine will. And we can imagine what it means when the little human will gets united with the will of the infinite. 
it is the disclosure of the eternal in the dance of time to say the least that means our actions chime with god's natural truth that means we automatically begin to get retrained you know nowadays there is a new understanding of disease a disease is a detrainment mother uses the word disharmony so it is a detrainment of the greater will which wants to work itself out in a certain way but we detrain it it's like in uh, railway parlance it is called derailed so we are derailed people so even after derailment it goes for some time then it stops sometimes there is a big accident also so what does the divine do derailed is okay but now i have another uh, passage for you you get re-railed so this retuning detuning from the ego and its ways and retuning to the rhythms of the divine following that rhythm is a tremendous thing our will gets retuned to that and then what happens to the heart we know our heart which is so seat of so many troubles so much so that some modern intellectuals say do away with the heart emotions are a big problem they say emotions makes you blind sometimes somebody told me that emotion make you blind i said yes the mind intellect also makes you blind how come because emotion make you blind to the darkness and ugliness and make you see the beauty in everything when there is love how does intellect make you blind intellect covers all the beauty in the world and says it's a cold bare stone chandrama is not chandrashekara it's hard cold stone this is the intellectual blindness and this is call it logical truth <laughs> so everything makes us blind in ignorance everything can make us blind it's not because heart is inferior or the mind is superior no none when we act under ignorance a rigorous intellectual logical mind will be blind even when god stands in front of him there is a line which uh, other day i was sharing with someone uh, who asked me about uh, so and so so called spiritual teacher who was very logical and highly intellectual and you know almost proved shri krishna is nothing buddha is something and ultimately there is nothing <laughs> so there is a line in savitri and where it is given in the descent of night descent into night and the line is his rigorous logic made the false seem true so you may be a harvard university professor but still there is ignorance probably much more ignorance because intellectual training unfortunately shuts us from all the beauty and wonder with which a child starts his life so there is not only emotional blindness emotion blinds us to the darkness true it makes us see the beauty much better blindness <laughs> better blindness that's why when people are in love they feel the other person is bestest 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 in the world good better than a hard dry intellect to say well let me see whether you fit into my life or not such a person will forever remain unmarried and even if he marries he will be most mishappy unhappy and miserable because his intellect is all the time busy picking up cues so this is another kind of blindness will can make us blind stumbling will so what they do is when they enter they flood each corner but we have to open to them the mind is flooded with a plenary light which reveals at each step the thing to be done and the way to do it it's so beautiful we don't have to carry the burden of books oh my god there's the biggest burden how to do it scholarly mind petrified wisdom of the ages so we have that kind of you know the in in a uh, in a chapel they prayed to the universal and the book the sacred book was wrapped in interpretations silken strings nobody is reading <laughs> but that book is the eternal veda secret in the heart of man what shurvinda does is he opens that veda within us the beauty of that veda is the veda of the unwritten book that it is never exhausting the outer vedas you have four and they have a limit you can be a scholar of all the verses of the veda but the inner veda is an unfinished book because as the divine revelations come as creation progresses what is veda it is the secret knowledge in our heart what is that secret knowledge that knowledge is the wisdom that is going to unfold through time there is veda in the stone there is veda in the star there is veda in the flower 
This Veda in the bird and beast and man and woman and girl and boy and everything. In the green of the forest, in the blue of the sky. Whose is the hand that has painted the glow? When the winds were asleep in the womb of the ether. Who was it roused them and bade them to blow? So this is Veda, the secret knowledge hidden inside. And how Shabindo does it? He just opens the bud in the heart. And it begins to disclose. What does it disclose? And all discloses the divine beloved. And when the heart opens, then we really have this real sense of the question. What Shurabindu means for us? Well, we have a very beautiful uh, hymn of Shankaracharya where he says, Natato, Namata, Nabandhur, Nabrata, Gatistvam, Gatistvam, Gatistva Bhavani. That nobody else I have. But you and you and you alone, Mother Bhavani. But there is another one. Tameva Mata, Chapita Tameva, Tameva Bandhu, Chasaka Tameva. So the other one is, O Shirbindo, thou art my father. What is the father? He is the one, he ordains the law, Prajapati. You set the laws, the limits, the way I should move my life. And who is the mother? Mother says, okay, fine, I'll carry you. So what does the mother do? <laughs> she makes you cross over the bridges and the hedges and the fences of the law. She opens the doors. So wonderfully. Because she understands the real meaning of the law. She carries us in her arms. So beautiful this yoga can be. When somebody, um, Sahanadi, she asked your window. She said, well, I don't know how to meditate. When I sit, I just imagine I am putting my head in the mother's lap. Shivindu's reply, this is one of the best possible concentrations. How simple it can be. Mother, teach me teaching. I will do it. That's tapasya. Mother, you have revealed a great truth. I will build a religion around it. Dangerous. Mother, mother, carry me. That is love. That is surrender. And she says, you can ask, when mother was asked, mother, what should we expect from you? She said, nothing, everything. Mother, what do you expect from us? Nothing. She doesn't depend on us. So what is our role? Our role is when mother carries us. That's the difference between baby monkey and the mother uh, and the baby cat. So when she carries us through all the situations, circumstances of life, it's very easy to say, I want to be a baby cat. What does baby cat mean? When the mother cat carries us, takes from one tree to another in one leap, we shouldn't say, oh, where are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you changing my habitat? She'll say, I'm coming along with you. When she pushes us from a height and we suddenly feel that where are we falling? Before we have touched the floor, she's already there. And you'll say, mother, why did you push? Because I know that's how you, you will grow in strength. That's how you'll become like me. So, this is the mother cat method, baby cat method. Then we don't question why this situation, circumstance in my life. We surrender and accept the way things are because we know she is holding us and carrying us. The tapasvi attitude, the baby monkey, I'll do these many hours of meditation, I'll do this much japa, this many pranayam. At the end we'll say, God, why didn't you uh, give me the realization? He'll say, but you did nothing. I say, but I did so many hours, so many hours, all this. He says, yes, but you were feeding the ego. Because all the time you are saying, I am doing this, I am doing this, I am doing this. See how your ego has become aggrandized. Everybody regards you as somebody great. But as far as realization is concerned, you have to practice surrender. So this is where he, she is the mother to our wants. What can we ask, ask her or him or them? Everything. Physical things, yes. Removal of moral defects, yes. Health issues, yes. Spiritual realizations, yes. Psychic realization, yes. Divine realization, yes. Everything we can ask her. From mother, I am, I need a little more banyans. Mother, I need food. To mother, I need the spiritual milk that will nourish my spiritual thirst and make me grow in knowledge. All she can give and she is ready to give. That's why because she is the mother. And Shurabindu goes on to say she likes it this way. <laughs> because she is the mother. She loves to indulge. Ask any mother. When children don't ask a mother anything. Then after some time mothers are not very happy. Two self-reliant children. 
they want to do something no mother's heart so she loves this relation what else he means to us well he means to us the leader of the human march and we are happy to fight under his banner the great battle of the future against the past that endures he is the heroic warrior who leads us by his example he is not the warrior who is behind and gives an order you my army march and i'll stay behind in command he shows us the way by leading and facing the dangers and the attacks that's what mother and shubindu's life is when we read my gaping wounds are a thousand and one and then we follow under his banner what a wonderful hero warrior he is he is the leader of the human march lok sangraharth like krishna in that age who else is he to us he is also our friend and our playmate so he loves to play some pranks and tricks and loves to take our hand does some naughty tricks with us we call it sin and then when we fall we say you are trickster he says yeah my old habit but why are you doing this to me to make you get rid of your righteousness you think too much of yourself you are a very virtuous man i want to show you you are as virtuous as anybody else or as much capable of everything as anybody else but that doesn't mean we should say oh that means we should commit sin that's the wrong way of looking at it <laughs> it is simply to say that everything the divine uses to help us grow in strength in wisdom in light so he is a friend so what does a friend do see the beauty of the friend is friend is not somebody who will condemn us or you know oh from today i am not your friend because you did this and that friend will associate with us in our brightest and most beautiful part friend is someone who will tell us that this is not the path but also encourage us all that is good and beautiful in us friend is not a critical person who is hovering around that's the adverse forces divine is not here to say you sinner you fallen person then that's the job given job description of the adverse forces the job description of divine is you beautiful one you resplendent one you divine that is his job description and by saying that he awakens the divinity within us he is the friend to whom we can confide everything so one of the treatment i often uh, treatment well all of us need it so i recommend to people is that you know uh, just write a diary to mother diary for what uh, if you have a physical ailment write to her if you have a psychological problem write to her if you have a family problem write to her but there is only one problem that i have no solution because in indian homes this is sir i am willing to write but my husband will read it my somebody will read it so they will get to know so i don't i, I have not discovered the magic formula of this problem <laughs> but i tell them keep it carefully or write in coded language <laughs> so so they ask what is the coded language i said very simple coded language is write gratitude 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 <laughs> below that you say mother i have this problem gratitude <laughs> so people will see gratitude 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 but mother will read like those pages you know where you lit up a, you know those um, agents uh, secret spy agents used to do it so you have written something is like a blank paper but if you light up a fire you can see what is written there so write it like that gratitude gratitude sapta he is the most happiest person ha huh? if wife is writing gratitude gratitude if husband sees it she is so happy with me but she is saying you know he is a useless fellow but mother gra- <laughs> gratitude gratitude mother no she knows you have written it she knows the state of consciousness she will catch that word and enters into the entire state of consciousness by writing we come in contact with the divine that's why prayers and meditations are so wonderful write it okay writing is very lazy and nowadays who writes it okay type it on the computer oh who will open computer okay speak to her at least sit quietly and say ma 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 so this is the way she has shown the path to us that all these ways we can collaborate with the divine these are various ways through which we can open to her make life that wonderful prayer that wonderful aspiration with everything connected with everything basically what is yoga union with the divine but the difference here in this yoga and, tra- and other traditional yoga is we seek union only in our inmost part the soul within us which is the best purest anyways it is divine so what in traditional yoga we do 
we take out this soul by rubbing away all the layers somehow some somehow we break the things bushes that are covering it we uh, you know what is that called ragdoid uh, try to polish it with hard this thing and ultimately we discover that little piece of diamond and we say here god there it goes to you but she says no 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 turn the bushes into a garden of the lord don't just rub it so hardly harsh be gentle because in this dust there is gold which is hidden the particles of gold which are combined with the dust you have to keep the gold and remove the dust so this is the process so the nature also has to become divine it's not just union of the soul with the divine but union of the nature with the divine so this is the path they have shown they are the friend they are the playmate the confidant and something very beautiful he says of course he is the master the guiding light always shedding light on everything if you read mother and shubindo everything there is not a single question that they have not made their disciples asked and answered it from many angles so they are all these they are he is the master he is the playmate he is the friend he is the father the mother but there is something which is missing still he is the beloved whom our heart secretly desires we may be married to the world but what we want secretly who is the beloved the paramour whom we disclose what we cannot tell anybody because the nature of that relation means we'll be judged we'll probably be thrown out <laughs> of the window but paramour and beloved everything we can say and the beloved was only there to pour love upon us to heal our wounds to help us so he is the divine beloved and paramour to whom we can reveal all that nobody in this world can know this idea that i know this person and i know that person is all wrong we know by outer behavior we know by even if the person shares the thought nobody ever shares if they know at all their inmost secret thoughts and behind the thoughts the aspiration that only the divine beloved and paramour has the right to know tell him so he is all these to us and much more this is what shirobindo means to us well in one word everything 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 thank you so much